the two ways to, to like be really successful in the world. It's either to be like the absolute best at something or to be in like, I think it's the 90th percentile in two skills. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now on to today's episode. On today's episode, we are featuring the founder of Zen Made, Amar Goose on the show. Today, Amar and I chat about strategies he used to grow ZenMade, his private Facebook group, and podcasting. Amar shares about how he uses his business to build a tight-knit community of other entrepreneurs that have made service businesses and how he converts them into clients. We chat a little bit more about podcasting, talking back and forth about how to improve both of our podcasts, and also we touch on the subject of living in Koh Phangan, Thailand. And with that, let's welcome Amar to the show. How are you today? Doing great, Chris. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on the show. And you're calling from an island in Thailand today. And tell me the name of it again. Copangan, uh, Copangyang. I yeah, like I was saying earlier, there, there's a G <laughs> in there, but I'm not really sure how it's actually pronounced. We, we want you to pronounce it perfectly with a Thai accent, Amar, if you can do it. I want to say Copangyang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just mess it. I've heard quite a few great things about the island, and it, it's where they actually have the famous full moon party. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what the island is uh, is known for. So on the on the other side of the island, there's the uh, the beach Hadrin, which is uh, there's like a couple resorts on it. And during low season, they have about ten thousand people that uh, that show up for that for that party that boat in from other islands and like the mainland and like a bunch of tourists. And during high season it gets up as high as like 25,000 people uh on like a single beach so it's it's pretty crazy um my favorite thing about that is so that one party like that one night brings in like 25 to 50 percent of the of like the local revenue um like on a on a monthly basis so it, it it's just insane yeah that makes sense is this one of those islands where you can just get a bungalow on the water and live there for a month for really cheap as long as you're not um, as you're not here during high season, so I'm here during during high season right now. So I'm living just a little bit off the beach. I mean, I'm still like maybe a five ten minute scooter ride from the beach. But during uh, during like low season when the we- the weather's still great, it's just not as popular for tourists. Yeah, you can pretty much get a place right on the beach for maybe like four fifty five hundred a month. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's not not a bad place to be. It sounds like it's something straight out of the movies. It really does. <laughs> Okay, let's talk business, man. I'd like for you to share with the listeners a little bit about who you are and basically how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. So let's start there. Yeah, definitely. So listeners can probably tell I'm very, very American. I uh, grew up in uh, in California uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've I've always been a little bit entrepreneurial that when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, I found uh, found candy on sale at uh, at Safeway, I think it was, uh, managed to um, use a couple coupons and stuff and like sort of like break the system kind of to get like Reese's and like Snickers and stuff for I think it was eight cents a pop. I get four of them for 32 cents. And then I went to school and undercut the price on the vending machines and uh, made a couple hundred dollars when I was in yeah when I was like, I don't know, 11, some, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, 
since then, I, I've tried like a bunch of different things. I think it's probably a pretty common story for, for a lot of entrepreneurs that I, you know, tried to do like the AdSense sites and uh, a couple like things like that, that really, I mean, sort of entrepreneurial, but looking back, it's like, you know, the reason they failed was because I wasn't really adding all that much like value, you know, like to, to the world. Um, <clears throat> But it's always been like the dream, right? That it's been about 10 years since the four hour work week was published. I think that I discovered it within maybe six months of it getting, of it getting published. And so that, uh, that, that dream of like the lifestyle business was very strongly planted in my head. And so about, about four years ago, five years ago, I started a maid service in uh, in Southern California um, as sort of like a side project while I was working a full time uh, full time sales job there, and that was a really great experience. Learned a ton. Um, of course, that's how most entrepreneurs will paint their failures. Um, that business lasted for about. 13 or 14 months before uh, me and my business partner decided to shut it down. And from there, I started um, I started zenmade.com, which is my, my current business that I'm sure we'll be talking about like a lot more. But essentially, started the maid service, realized that we were doing things a little bit differently than most established maid services were, that we had uh, like a website that my partner essentially like custom built for me to send out reminders and to manage like my calendar and everything behind the, uh, the scenes. And so we essentially took that concept and turned it into a SaaS application and started selling that to, um, to maid services. So that's, um, that's sort of like where the, the Zen made like idea came from. And we've been doing that for almost four years now. I think April will be our four year mark. Excellent, man. And how big is your team for Zen made now? It's pretty small, actually, that we have. So it's essentially me and my business partner that are working. We've been working on it full time for, for a bit now, for about a year and a half or so. We've been full time. Um, he's actually a, uh, a Stanford PhD that he's still like finishing his thesis and stuff now. So he's probably the hardest worker that, that, that I know to be like CTO and building this company while also, you know, attending Stanford and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just brought on my friend Chris uh, proc- approximately a month ago that he came in and joined. And so he's uh, effectively like my right-hand man that he just helps me to uh, to execute on a bunch of my crazy ideas. Uh, he has a lot of patience to um, mm-hmm. to listen to me and prioritize everything and whatnot. And then we have some help on like on the support side that's in, in a way, it's outsourced support, but it's, it's with someone that like I really trust and really like takes um, – takes a lot of pride in providing good support. She works with multiple other clients, but, uh, you know, I, I, I pretty much feel like she's on the team, even though she's like technically like a consultant or like a, a freelancer that does support for us. And then other than that, let's see, other than that, I have a personal assistant, like a lot of entrepreneurs are like, are like a virtual assistant who's in the Philippines. And so she helps me with just a bunch of you know, little time consuming, consuming like tasks. And the rest of the people are, uh, are like freelancers that we sort of use one off. And then, oh, actually, I totally forgot. We're expanding our development team. So I think we're up to, I think we're up to three developers now on the team, but I'm, I'm like not really involved on that side of the business so much. So I sort of forget that, like that they're on the team, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I, I guess now that I think about it, I guess we're at like six or seven people on the team, which, it's kind of, kind of cool, I guess. 
<laughs> and you've been traveling while building Zenmade for quite a while now, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was the goal from from day one that me and my business partner, we have like a 50-50 split in the business, which uh, a lot of people like find like surprising and stuff. But it's it's because like our our uh, our goals with the business just aligned so, so well. So right now I'm on Koh Phangan in the south of Thailand and my business partner is up in Bangkok and we've both been here for for a couple months that he just prefers like the, the city life. Um, one of the things that I that I try to do, a lot of people think that, you know, oh, if I'm traveling, I'm not taking the businesses seriously. Uh, I actually find that I work more effectively from abroad than when I'm inside like the U.S. And the main reason is because when I'm in the U.S., I get distracted so much by customer calls and uh, and all of all of that stuff. Right. That when I'm in Thailand, I wake up, I have maybe a couple hours that I overlap with my customers and then I pretty much have the entire day to work on uh, on proactive things right on our marketing our content and other things and i just find that i get interrupted so much when i'm in like the same time zone as uh, as like my customers and stuff and then uh, you know you, you and i had hung out a little bit in um where was it in in Barcelona? I think last last summer. Yeah. And so, like in in Barcelona, it's like a really good mix where I've got longer hours to call people, but I also had like a six to seven hour uh, period at the start of the day after waking up, where I pretty much had like no no distractions. So I, I try to sort of plan like our strategy and what I'm going to be focusing on based on like where I'm going to be in the world, because you know when I'm in the U.S. doing sales calls is a lot easier than when I'm here, for example, right? So it's just. Um, you know, the difference in what I work on based on time zones and stuff. That's a great strategy. How much time do you spend in the U.S. in, say, a 12-month period? I usually spend about two months there uh, in, yeah, in the, the 12-month period. Uh, I have to go back once a year, usually October, like September, October, for, uh, for like our industry event, uh, like the biggest event for, uh, for made service owners uh, that, that, you know, that are in the U.S. and Canada. So like this year, I'm going back in September to, uh, to Las Vegas, and then I'm speaking at another event in April in Oklahoma. So so whenever I come back for an event like that, I usually uh, put a couple weeks on either side to see family and friends and uh, all, all that good stuff. But yeah, you, you, usually about two months a year. And I'm curious, I'd like to know a little bit about how you guys started to grow this business once you got the idea out there. What are some strategies you used that really worked for you for this business growth? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so initially, we relied a lot on paid advertising. Um, we still do rely a lot on paid advertising that uh, Google AdWords, Captera. So Captera is a software review site for those people that aren't familiar with it. Um, and then we also have uh, Bing, which is similar to AdWords. You can pretty much just port over your entire like AdWords campaigns just directly into Bing and then advertise on Bing and, and Yahoo. And then the last one that I've actually written quite a bit about uh, was LinkedIn. Now we've got a pretty extensive like content strategy on, on LinkedIn. So those are the things that we probably relied on really to like to get started. And then now like our goal is to 10x the business this year that we're trying to figure out um, how to break like that uh, that six figure uh, a month mark. And so to do that, we're focused a lot more on partnerships, on like community building. Um, 
we can we can talk about that. That's some more that we've got the the biggest uh, the biggest community for maid service owners like online mm-hmm. is a group that we started on Facebook and like own the conversation and and everything. Uh, so we're focused on like on that a lot and trying to think right now we're trying out just a bunch of different strategies that we're trying to figure out it, it's one of those things that what got us here won't get us there that paid advertising can only take us so far with the amount of traffic that we can get in front of and stuff and so we're we're throwing up a bunch of things on the wall to like to see what sticks um have you done any facebook advertising we've tried it a couple times but we've we've struggled with it a bit um one of the big things for us is that we haven't really found an adequate way to actually target our like our market on there so except for doing you know paid advertising to the people that are already following like the zenmade software page on facebook we haven't really found it to be an effective tool to get in front of of new people right that like the other channels are really great for getting us in front of consistently like new made services. And when we go back and focus on Facebook again, we're really going to be approaching it from the, you know, like we're, we're going to be writing the ads for people that already know who we are, that are already in our funnel. And we're trying to take from being an email subscriber and getting them to sign up for a trial and then like converting them from there. Uh, but I need to hire some help there because I, I get the feeling it's more just a lack of knowledge on my part or a lack of like uh, of targeting. And I, I get the feeling that, that there's more that can be done on Facebook than, than what I've figured out myself. Yeah, I think Facebook advertising is a whole big beast in itself for sure. Let's talk about your community. I didn't realize you had such a strong community with Zenmade. How big is it? We have 1,100 uh, made service owners um, in, in that group. And we have pretty much every every big name consultant that like our audience would have heard of is uh, is part of that group and and contributing on a decently like regular basis do you guys have a private facebook group or is that a public one that is a closed group so i try to i, I try to vet people as as much as like as i can uh for that but it's uh i mean essentially anyone that applies like i'll, I'll let in unless i have a reason to believe that they're going to spam the group or something like that um so yeah it, it, it's closed but it's essentially open open to everyone do you think you'll ever create a forum for that group or the facebook group platform is good enough I think that the Facebook group platform is actually better. I don't think that people would come to a forum um, in comparison to like to Facebook, right? That everyone's already on Facebook. Uh, like I, I don't really like the idea of not owning the platform, but from what I've from what I've seen, the engagement on there is just way higher than it would be if we hosted like our own um, our own like uh, uh, forum, right? So at least at least for now, I plan on keeping it on keeping it on there i've thought about doing a private forum that's like maybe paid right so we keep like the free facebook one and then people that want like even more help could could like you know potentially join us like somewhere else but for for now i think facebook's the best medium are you doing any activities with the group the engagement's really really high on there that we probably have 
20 to 30 new threads that are active and generate discussion on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff like going on there. Uh, I mean, mainly what I do is I, I almost treat it as like an extension of like my email list because I do a lot of content marketing and a lot of email marketing. So it's anytime I send out an email to our list, I'll post it in the uh, in the Facebook group as well. Uh, it's where we get feedback on stuff. It's where we identify, you know, where we can help people more. Right now, you know, that's where I'm getting podcast guests from that, like, I just put up a post before, uh, you know, before we jumped on this call asking if anyone wanted to jump on a call and talk to me in like an hour, hour and a half. Um, trying to think what, what else we've really like used it for. Uh, yeah, I mean, whenever we're doing like a promotion, you know, it go, goes up on there. And then other than that, we just focus on, um, on like, you know, adding value to our audience, which I know sounds like really, really like cliche, but, uh, an example of that would be like yesterday I found a documentary through, uh, through Reddit, which was a billion dollar bully, which is on like Yelp. And so Yelp is something that comes up in the mastermind quite a bit. So I like, I shared that on there and that got a good amount of engagement of people that thought it was really interesting and, and you know, like actually spent an hour watching it and stuff. And then of course everyone got together and like complained in mass about Yelp and how much, how much they hate it. Uh, so, you know, mis misery loves company. That was good. <laughs> of course. What are some ways that you grew this group? Are they just people from your list or current clients? Did you add them to the Facebook group? What are some growth tactics you used? Yeah, it's a great question. So when I originally started the Facebook group, I was trying to do a paid mastermind and I did an email like blast to our list and ended up getting, I think like four people that signed up at $20 a month. So it really like did not go well. And so within, within a month of that, I just refunded their money and made the, uh, made the group free. And so the big thing was, we just sort of like slowly grew it where I would just sort of, you know, ask people if they wanted to join. I wasn't really too focused on it because honestly, it was more of like an afterthought. You know, it wasn't like what it is today is not something that I would have ever like imagined when we had when we had first started it. That, you know, when I showed up in Chicago last year for the uh, for like the industry event, you know, like half the people that were coming up and talking to me, it was because they had found us through the mastermind or they were thanking me for like creating the mastermind. So it really turned into something like awesome. But essentially what happened was when we had around around 50 customers, 50 customers, 50 uh, mastermind members, we had one of the consultants that realized that, you know, she could essentially pick up business like from our group and in like a very like genuine way, right? Not that she was spamming the group or anything like that, but she got on there and pretty much made it a point every single day to go in and to answer people's questions and to help them. And so what happened was very quickly, those 50 people or, you know, realistically, it was probably like 20 or 30 of those 50 people became a lot more active because they realized they were getting more help whenever they like they asked for it and so I would credit her with actually helping us to build the group from about 50 to 150 
like members members on there and then I sort of took after her lead and began to start answering more questions uh, a lot of just like Google searches and stuff you know for for things that I actually didn't know the answer to yet or I would do the research and just present the research and go hey like I don't know the answer but this is like what I found and so that got us to maybe like 150 members or so and then um I think you'll you'll enjoy this story. So around around 150 members, one of the mastermind members posted in the group saying that her her best supervisor got caught having sex in a client bathroom <laughs> with one of her cleaners and then to Add on to that, the person that caught them was the supervisor's wife, who she also oh, employs. Wow. Right? So I sent out an email to our list that, that <laughs> like, by far the most popular email that I've ever sent, right? <laughs> of, like, you know, your, your best supervisor just got caught having sex in a client bathroom. Like, what do you do? Right? And I, I pretty much had, like, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure type, like, email on that. And that literally took us from 150 to 300 members overnight. <laughs> and from there, it's just sort of grown, like, on its own organically, where most of the members were coming through, like, our email list. We now link to it directly from our website because so many people like find out about us like through there. And then the, the cool thing is probably around the 800 or 900 member like Mark, uh, I began to realize that like people were, were referring other people to the group, right? So like, you know, once we got it to a certain point, now we have, you know, probably five to 10 people that are asking to join the group every day. And, you know, I'll usually let in like maybe three or four of them if they have like mutual friends like in the, in the group and stuff. And so now it's really beginning to um to take off or we have people joining the group and they actually don't know like what Zenmate is, right? So they come into the group and then eventually they figure out, you know, what our company does and it's really becoming a good like lead gen tool for us. Do you have future plans for the group? Do you think you'll do some made entrepreneur retreats or anything like that? Yeah, actually. So what I'm thinking about doing is so I've got to go into Las Vegas, uh, I think it's September 10th of this year. And what I think that we're going to do is we're going to invite any of the mastermind members that want to join us to come in on the 9th. So to come in the night before the event starts to like have like a little meet and greet, like maybe we'll have like an open bar or something, uh, something like along uh, along those lines. And we were thinking about uh, actually flying out a couple of like our Zen made case study, um, you know, case study people that like that we've done just because last year we had one guy who was there and like just as many people recognized him as recognized me because we just promoted his case study like everywhere. Um, so yeah, we're thinking about doing that and then I, I'd like to do more, but the problem is, is that it's mainly in the U S and I don't really have any interest in going back to the U S and like, you know, going to Seattle or like, or elsewhere to sort of organize like these meetups. But there's a, there's a lot that can be done, right? That we're, we're like promoting webinars for the consultants in there. Uh, we're probably going to be doing like a group challenge at some point that we'll try to get everyone to work on like their marketing for seven days and do like one thing a day or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, lo lots of different ideas. I mean, like, you know how it is. Once you have the audience, it becomes a lot easier to, uh, to validate ideas and to just, you know, make things, make things happen that'll really, like, help people. So we'll see where it goes. Let's talk podcasting. You know, I'm guessing you're using it as a marketing channel to talk more about the software and the products you offer, correct? 
Um, actually, no. So most okay. of our marketing is really focused around like helping like maid services. So with this, it's more traffic generation, but I don't, I don't plan on talking about the software very much. Like maybe starting with, you know, this is sponsored by, by Zenmade, like duh, you know, um, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's mainly that, well, so the reason that we're doing that we're doing the podcast is because there's a there's a consultant that's like sort of in our industry. He's more focused on commercial cleaning, where Zenmate is really focused on helping residential cleaners to run their business. And from what I've seen, he seems to be building his entire business around his podcast. That he has a membership site that he's that he like sells people on. And from what I can tell, the only lead generation work that he does is through his podcast and so he's got an interesting sort of approach to it because what he does is he actually does podcast interviews with essentially his potential his potential customers and he tries to help them with the biggest challenge that they're facing like at the time and then afterwards i believe he reaches out and tries to get them to join you know one of his programs or to join his membership site and so what we're trying to do with zenmade is the the audiences are close enough that if it's working for him i feel like it, it it's going to work for us right it's not like a guarantee but i feel like with some tweaking and like you know getting the message right and the content right, I think this could really like build our, our traffic. And so we're essentially doing that same thing where like I just put up a post whenever I'm available on the mastermind and see if someone wants to jump on like a 30 minute call with me and like see how I can help them and what questions they have and, um, you know, go into their history a little bit because a lot of the mastermind members, you know, know each other and chat a lot with each other. So they, they like to get to know each other like even more. And then in addition to that, I feel like it's more sort of what, what you're doing with the entrepreneur house where you're bringing people in that are, you know, experts in like in, in certain areas, right? So that other entrepreneurs can come in and can listen and can learn from them. And so I, I already have really great relationships with most of the uh, of the industry consultants so i'm planning on bringing them in you know i'm thinking about bringing in maybe like a quickbooks expert to do a podcast with them and really just looking at it as another medium where you know we we can help made service owners right and we can help them to succeed with their business and of course you know the more likely they are to succeed the more likely they are to get on our software and uh, and pay us right um so that that's sort of the the idea there Excellent. And you said you've had four episodes. Are you doing weekly episodes now? I was actually going to ask you about that. I was thinking of, of doing like maybe 10 or 20. I mean, just depending on like what the interest is and like and all of uh, all of that stuff. Because, um, yeah, I was planning on releasing a podcast either every week or every two weeks. So, you know, if we do if we do 10, then it, it puts us at, at least, you know, two months, three months ahead. And it'll be a lot easier for me to do podcasts in April when I'm back in the U.S. I'll be back for the entire month. So that that's sort of what I was thinking. But I mean, how did you do it for, for, for the Entrepreneur House? Because I know you, you've had this podcast going for, for quite a while. Did you like build up ahead of time? Or did you just sort of like launch it and just sort of release the interviews like as you went in the beginning? Uh, I launched it and, and released the interviews as I went because what would happen with the house is we would just have such great stories of people staying in the house that I wanted to get it recorded. So we would have a house and then I'd launch two or three or four episodes and then we wouldn't have a house for two three four months and then we have another house and then i 
launch some episodes. I think it was about seven or eight months ago where I'm like, okay, I want to start consistently doing this because there's still a lot of stories out there that I could get. So I think in this past summer, I started doing weekly episodes and just having those episodes of people that have stayed in the house and they have really good testimonials from their experience. Their business had grown. They made X amount of revenue after ideas they got from our masterminds and this sort of thing. This fall, I started getting the idea of, you know, when you when you look at podcasts, when I look at podcasts anyway, the majority of them out there have less than 100 episodes. I would say, say on average, most podcasts, or a lot of podcasts last till about 30 episodes, then the people get tired of doing it, or they don't need it as much. They just have it there for people to check out as testimonials. And I just didn't want to be seen as that type of podcaster. I wanted to see be seen as a real, more serious podcaster. So I came up with the idea of like, okay, let's spend 100 days doing 100 episodes with entrepreneurs that have businesses that produce $100,000 in revenue and higher. And so that's kind of where we're at now with the big podcast push. And I'll share with you something that might be of value to you. We had another guy on a podcast, Anthony Fasano. I remember seeing it. I think that might have actually been the episode that, I, that I'd that i listened to last week when we were trying to get this scheduled. Uh, okay. Yeah, to tell me more about him. So he runs, he just launched a book called Content Marketing Equation. And he builds brands for people. And he's actually built and launched four podcasts himself that he does. And two or three of them, he only records one episode every two weeks. And it's because his niche is so small and he's serving his community that is not served so much that he doesn't really need much more content than once every two weeks. So for example, one of his podcasts is um, the Italian American podcast. And there's nothing out there in a podcast world about this. And so he talks about tracing your roots as an Italian and traditions as an Italian. And he has guests on his podcast that are Italian or, or more famous Italians. But he says, you know, one, one every two weeks is good for us because really there's, there's nobody else out there that's trying to capture the Italian-American crowd through podcasting. So he's got that crowd completely. Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense to, to, to my knowledge. There's only two other podcasts that we would sort of be like in in competition with. And one is by one of the consultants who like we're very close to like partnered with. And then the other one would be the example I was giving like earlier. So that that guy's focused more on the commercial side. But yeah, I, I like that because I wasn't sure how, how often to um, to release. But that, that makes perfect sense of doing like every two weeks, you know, because of the market. Yeah, and it really, it's really going to depend on you, your personality, how much help you have, you know, if you can have your team take care of the editing and you're comfortable with that and the content creation. You can transcribe your podcast, whether you pay somebody on Fiverr to do it or somebody on your team to do that. And then, you know, you have a, a giant article that you can share and you can backlink and everything. Great tips from Amar. If the listeners want to reach out to you and contact you and learn more about ZenMate or the podcast, what's the best way they can do that? If anyone wants to reach out to me with um, with with questions or if there's anything at all that I can help the uh, the audience with, uh, the best email to reach me at would be amar at zenmade.com. And um, 
yeah, you know, I read, read, read every email and I'll respond if, if anyone has any like questions or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to love to hear from some people and be able to help out a little bit, you know, LinkedIn marketing, content marketing, sales, et cetera. Excellent. Amara, I want to give you a big thank you for coming on to the show and thanks for sharing your story and all the tips and tricks and wisdom that you have. And we really appreciate you taking time to join us today. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the Entrepreneur House, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.